This episode is supported by Logianalytics.com. Are you planning to update the dashboards and reports in your application? Lots of business intelligence vendors claim their software is best, but they can't all be winners. Logi Analytics is offering five reports from analysts like Gartner and Dresner, comparing 26 BI vendors. Get help focusing your evaluation, prioritizing features, and determining what solution fits your tech stack. Visit logianalytics.com slash data science to claim your free reports. That's L-O-G-I analytics.com slash data science. This is Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. Here's your host, Francesco Caraletta. Welcome back to Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning easy for everyone. In this episode, I'm going to speak about uh, an integration, the uh, integration of the year, if I can call it like that, um, which is basically merging two massive technology, in my opinion, that deserve a uh, you know some time and some more details in in an episode, in a dedicated episode like this one. And uh, in particular, I am speaking about the FitChain platform, uh, and I will uh, go into the details of what the FitChain platform is in a minute, and Ocean Protocol, a data marketplace that is completely decentralized and basically allows data scientists, machine, um, you know, machine learning experts, data scientists, data owners, data curators to live in the same ecosystem and share data models, digital assets, whatever it you know, it is related to data, it can be in a, in a way traded uh, in a decentralized fashion uh, with the Ocean Protocol uh, suite of protocols indeed. The result of this integration is something that, uh, in my opinion, is kind of unique, uh, at least for the time being. Uh, there is, to the best of my knowledge, this is the first time that a decentralized machine learning platform and a data marketplace are basically merged into one technology that accommodates uh, both uh, requirements. Or requ- uh, and so let me go one sec on the details of what FitChain is. I already spoke about this in a few, you know, a few episodes ago about the, the FitChain platform. I have never spoken about the Ocean Protocol platform. Uh, and for that, of course, you guys can uh, surf oceanprotocol.com. But in this episode, you know, I want this to be self-contained and so give you a sneak peek of what uh, the FitChain platform has to add to the Ocean Protocol uh, data marketplace. So FitChain is essentially a decentralized network that allows model providers, namely data scientists, to train models on data provided by data owners. And the computation is performed remotely by the data provider uh, or by a delegated actor, someone that the data provider delegated the computation to uh, for whatever reason. Most of the time, for the, you know, for the sake of simplifying the explanation, the uh, model provider, sorry, the data provider is also the compute provider. So whoever owns the data and has to train a model is also performing that computation. In the most general case, of course, uh, one doesn't have, for example, uh, available infrastructure to train a, a massive neural network on a number of GPUs, for example, and uh, and therefore they can delegate, you know, the data owner, so whoever owns this data and needs to train a machine learning model on top of this data, 
can still delegate someone else for the computation part, which is indeed the compute provider. Now, this is an execution pattern that relies upon data isolation, not cryptography or encrypting data or encrypting model. There will be a model encryption in the second stage, but not in this episode and not in this version one of, uh, of fifth chain, of course. Data isolation means that the data never leaves the infrastructure of the data owner. And so this means that data owners never really never share their data. Okay, they just share a schema of how the data look like for whoever wants to use this data or wants to train models on top of this data. Of course, once that's the case, so once I accept this data, I like this data, and I would like to train my, my machine learning model on top of this data that I have no access to because it's private, it's isolated, the only thing that I can do as a uh, model provider is just send my uh, recipe to uh, you know my model untrained model to the data owner or to the compute provider delegated by the data owner and this other actor will just perform the computation so at some point i will get my model back uh, that has been trained on isolated data so that's the mechanism of how fit chain works traditional machine learning pipelines also rely on testing and uh, validation uh, so it's you know it's the most important part of uh, of producing machine learning models which is indeed validating the models after they have been trained now such a validation step is usually performed by data scientists who have to promise to be kind of ethical in testing their models with so-called out-of-sample data, that is data that is different from the set of observations or the training data set that indeed has been used for just training the model. Of course, testing a model on the same training data set will inflate the accuracy, we all know that, making the entire process, you know, the validation process absolutely useless uh, because, you know, of course, models will not generalize to unseen observations. But it can also be considered a fraudulent action, right? So something that, you know, for which the data scientist is lying uh, about because data scientist is basically training the model on the same data that will be used to validate that model. And of course, the validation will succeed or will be, you know, the accuracy during the validation step will be always optimistic because the same data has been used for training as well. In reality, before going to the fit chain network, in reality, the only way to prevent, let's say, this malicious behavior, or fraudulent behavior from data scientists is to, you know, just trust the data scientist or maybe double check or let the model, let inspect the model by someone else who is, you know, a third party uh, or just, you know, not give the, the data, the validation data set to the data scientist ever. So once the data scientist comes back with, uh, with the model, says, hey, I trained my model and it's, it's super accurate on, on the training data. And trust me, I, you know, I made that split training test set, right? But as a validator, I, you know, I should not trust the data scientist. And so one thing that I could do in the real world is saying, okay, well, let's see what happens on this data that I never gave it to you. 
This is basically the approach that Kaggle is using for validating model. They never give, of course, the, um, uh, the data they use to uh, calculate the ranking, compute the ranking between all participants of a, of a certain uh, competition. Basically, in the FitChain network, there are additional actors that make sure that indeed this undesired behavior uh, of data scientists is detected and eventually stopped, uh, impeding the trained model's tradability within a marketplace once you know this model has been trained and, and probably validated on, on fake data or validated on the same data, and then that model gets sold to the marketplace, gets traded to the marketplace, and therefore, of course, you know, people will be purchasing things and machine learning models that are really not performing the way they have been claimed for. So examples of these types of actors who make sure or well prevent or do their checks uh, to prevent um, data scientists from misbehaving in, in the way that we just mentioned uh, are the gossipers and the verifiers. Now, I will explain more, in more detail what the gossiper is doing and what the verifier is doing once the model has been trained or during model training. So in order to simplify the explanation, I will just make a very short list of the uh, actors that are involved in building a machine learning model in the FitChain platform. And after that, we will move to um, what you know happens uh, in the you know during the integration of what happens basically in the ocean protocol uh, from the ocean protocol side so in the fit chain network there are essentially five actors um, so we start from the data provider you know these are the actors who own the the training data set and they share a schema they share a template uh, to the world in order to allow model providers or data scientists to train their models then we have uh, we already mentioned the compute providers who perform the calculation of model training after fetching the algorithm and the training data provided by the data provider. As I said already, the compute provider in, in the, you know, in this very specific case, compute provider, and I think it's also the kind of the most general case, is compute providers are also data providers. So if the data provider is extremely skeptical and extremely protective about giving away their data, they, they would just keep their data locked in their infrastructure, right? And so the only thing they could do is spin up a, a machine that performs the computation, that trains that model, whatever it is, a logistic regression or, or from, into, from a logistic regression to a neural network. The only thing that a data provider would never ever wants to give the data away has to, of course, train the model uh, in-house. Then we have the model provider, simply the data scientist who provides the algorithm, for example, as I said, a neural network or a linear regression model, etc. And then we have the gossiper and the verifier. Now, the gossiper uh, simply replicates the logs produced by compute provider during training. So in order to understand this, um, you know, the task performed by the gossiper in the FitChain network, we just have to mention that once a compute task is started, the, you know, a set of logs is, are generated by the compute provider. 
And these logs are basically telling the community and in particular the model provider, the data scientist, about how good or bad that model is doing. And so, you know, all the accuracies and error losses, for example, if you're training a neural network at each timestamp as the network gets trained, you know, these are all transactions that get generated by compute provider. And of course, they get published to, in, in the case of FitChain, to the blockchain, in particular, for the feature network to a state channel. But uh, basically these logs that are produced by compute provider are spread into, are broadcasted or spread into a dedicated network, which is called the Gossiper network in the feed chain world. And here is where the Gossipers are. The, the single Gossiper simply takes one log as he receives it from from the producer or from another gossiper and, and replicate these logs, you know, produced by the compute provider into his network. Why is, it, is this uh, happening? Well, simply because if I am the data provider, let's say I am the compute provider and I am training a machine learning model. Now I'm sending this transaction, so these logs to the data, uh, to the data scientist. Now, if, if it was only you know, the two of us in this network, it would be extremely easy, for example, for me to just disconnect and connect again when the model is trained, or for a data scientist to disconnect or to you know, just claim that he never received anything, uh, he never received these logs, and, and therefore he never saw the model being trained. Right, so it's very easy to fall into a dispute if it was only you know the two of us in this network. So that's why the gossiper network, you know, the essential task of the gossiper networks and therefore of the gossipers is to replicate this log so that so that there could be no repudiation between the two uh, parties, namely the data provider and the compute provider. So this is extremely important and uh, I think it's the essential task that the gossiper is performing in order to keep these logs until both parties agree that indeed the transaction is closed, is completed because the model has been trained and everybody received the logs, everybody saw how good or bad the model trained and so that transaction can be considered complete. The fifth actor is the verifier. The verifier tests the model after training on data that are different from the training data set uh, used for training the model. Now, of course, when these data are available, this is an easy task. When these data are not available, well, it's going to be almost impossible to verify a model on data that are different from the training set. So this is something that is possible only if additional data for model verification is possible. This is not always the case, of course, but this is also not always the case in, in reality, regardless of the technology or the substrate that you're using on top of machine learning. It could be a blockchain, could be an Amazon AWS, could be whatever. If data is not there, data is not there, right? So it's not the blockchain technology that prevents you from validating models. Now, I have to add uh, that in order for these actors to, uh, let's say, trust each other uh, or, well, trust that everybody is behaving the way uh, they are supposed to, uh, you know, this would be impossible in a network like in a blockchain uh, ecosystem where indeed all the peers involved in building up something, uh, they are they don't know each other, they 
can collide with each other or they just want to you know misbehave because of you know they want to to make some profit out of, of out of some kind of misbehavior so to make the long story short all these actors stake which means that they uh, leave a deposit before starting whatever task they are in charge of and this uh, deposit will be basically slashed or distributed among the honest peers once one of the dishonest peer is caught misbehaving. So if I am a model provider or a gossiper or a verifier and I am misbehaving, that means I am doing something that uh, is against my uh, you know, le- legit behavior and uh, my other peers realize that, they, they catch me, uh, well, then they can basically slash my, uh, my stake. So slashing the stake is something that, um, you know, is a strategy in game theory uh, that is extremely common, especially in the, in the Ethereum uh, blockchain, uh, in order to prevent or discourage nodes from misbehaving, indeed. Uh, there is another essential concept that we implemented with FitChain and Ocean Protocol, uh, which is the stake per available slot. Now, what is a slot? Uh, one slot represents how much computation capacity an actor could provide for a specific task. So, for example, a compute provider was a very powerful GPU could train multiple models at once. In a similar fashion, a verifier could verify multiple models. And a gossiper, of course, could broadcast and replicate logs for multiple models, provided, of course, there is sufficient network bandwidth and storage. And so, generally speaking, uh, gossipers stake in order to participate in the so-called the election to gossip in a dedicated channel. Uh, so if you want to become a gossiper, you have to deposit to the smart contract and then, you know, the smart contract will just elect your public ID, which is your public key, randomly or pseudo-randomly, so that you cannot really choose which channel or which model you're going to gossip next. Then, of course, on the other side, verifiers contribute to a secure commit reveal scheme in order to avoid the so-called front-running attack, and therefore they have to stake before getting elected to a verification game. And the compute provider also must stake to generate transactions during model training. This stake uh, aids in preventing indefinite generation of let's say, forged logs or transactions that might lead to a denial of service attacks. They can just flood the gossiper network with fake transactions, for example. And so compute providers are discouraged from doing so because they stake. And if they get caught doing so, their deposit will be slashed or or also distributed uh, among the honest uh, peers. Then we have data providers who stake until model training is complete and consumers who don't really stake but they lock payments that will be released after all the conditions have been proven by the network. So what is Ocean doing in all this? Well, there are a number of posts of blog posts that of course I will add to the show notes of these episodes uh, in which we explain in much more detail what 
ocean service agreements do and uh, in particular what the so-called ocean sea <laughs> that stands for service execution agreement sea is meant to be a definition of each actor's expectations and obligations in order to reduce future conflicts so this is an important part of the entire uh, game of, of training and machine learning models in a decentralized fashion, especially when multiple peers are involved. And, um, and basically, in the service execution agreement, all this, this behavior, uh, these behaviors from different actors are encoded, are first of all, uh, written in um, user-friendly language and uh, this user-friendly language is uh, eventually uh, converted into a JSON file uh, which is a formal description of uh, what is the expectation of an actor with respect to another and what are the obligations of an actor with respect to the task or the pipeline. So, for example, a gossiper is expected to gossip in a certain way as the model provider is expected to use the data in a certain way and to provide a model in another way. And then data provider is supposed to provide a schema of the real data, of the original data. This episode is supported way, by so logianalytics.com. So, so every actor has... Are you planning the, to update the dashboards and reports and, and your obligations? And all Lots of business intelligence vendors claim their software is best. Uh, in but the they can't project, all be winners. In addition to Logi that, Analytics all agreements, five reports uh, which means from analysts I like pay Gartner you this and Dresden, comparing 26 BI vendors, pay, get help focusing your evaluation, prioritizing features, and determining what solutions fit your in that specific way. Visit uh, logianalytics.com slash data science so to claim your free reports. That's at the notary analytics.com/slash data science. At the notary, you you go because you want to buy a house or sell a house or notarize a document. A document, and so what the notary does is basically taking a responsibility that is checking that all conditions and all obligations hold. Uh, in that specific transaction and uh, and therefore the parties involved in that transaction can agree right can find an agreement if all these conditions hold well that's exactly the the, the case for fitchain and ocean ocean simply enforces that all the agreements and all the obligations of all the actors involved in training a machine learning model remotely and in a decentralized fashion hold so that a consumer uh, who is basically the consumer is whoever will consume that machine learning model whoever will purchase that model will pay someone but that payment which will be locked into a smart contract which is you know the equivalent of the of the notary uh, that payment will stay there until all the conditions hold once the conditions hold, once the conditions are all true and all the agreements are fulfilled and all the obligations are also fulfilled, well, then that payment gets unlocked and every party will indeed receive their own, you know, share of that payment. And so that um, finally the, the smart contract can uh, point the consumer to the correct location uh, where or the endpoint where that model or digital asset uh, is after of course the payment has been unlocked now this is a very brief explanation of what 
the uh, service execution agreement does. In the next episode, I'm going into more details how this really works because there are many uh, technical aspects that need to be explained uh, with respect to, uh, for example, uh, smart contract, payment locking, uh, keys, uh, crypto conditions, etc. So I hope this was already something that uh, can elucidate uh, what is going on between FitChain and Notion Protocol. I'm really looking forward to the next episode, but in particular, I'm really looking forward to the first use cases <laughs> that will see the uh, SEA or, or C definition face and, of course, the service execution agreement in action. Talk to you next time. This was Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. If you like the show, don't forget to write a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podbean. You can also find us on datascienceathome.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter and get the latest updates. Thanks for listening.